If you got your Bibles, um, I want you to go to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number three, and uh, I guess I better get my message out, huh? I just, uh, can you hear me all right? Is this good? Do I need to be? All right. I really probably don't need this microphone, but anyway, for those who have a hard time hearing, I want to wear that so it can be a help to you. But I just received today, um, I went, as many of you know, I go into the jails and prisons and uh, preach, and uh, I got a letter today uh, from an inmate that uh, just went off. He's a young, young man, I would say 26. Uh, he's headed off to prison. I believe, I believe he said he has eight years that he's going to be serving. And uh, he wrote me a letter. Another inmate gave it to me. And uh, I'm just going to read it to you because I just want you to understand this is what I get to do. I get the privilege uh, to serve these men, to serve the Lord first, but to serve these men and be a help to him. And uh, he put, he does, Dear Pastor Steve, I wanted to tell you how much we appreciate your time and effort every week uh, teaching us God's words and hymns and praise. Uh, we do sing hymns. I, I sing with them. I don't sing very good, but I sing with them. Uh, but uh, anyway, it says, Your stories and expressions really make it fun and interesting. We always look forward to your Bible studies every week. It is our highlight of the week. I want to thank you for helping me get the Rock of Ages Bible study, that awesome Bible. Um, I plan to continue to do the Bible studies and uh, encourage others. And then said, I pray for you that God can continues to use you and bless you and your family. And then he put P.S. He said, but I would really like to visit your church after I'm released. So, uh, yeah, pray. And then at the bottom of that, he put, in the wilderness, I will follow. And uh, we, we sing a little song. It says, um, let me think here. i got to get in my mind here. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. I clap in there. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Strength for today is mine all the way. And all that I need for tomorrow, my Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. They love the clapping, man. It's just, hey, they don't remember nothing else, but. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that was his favorite song. He, every time I would say, hey, what do you want to sing this week? That's what he wanted to sing. Well, that goes hand in hand what I'm going to do here tonight. Um, I was, I've been preparing and God's been working on, and many of you already know this, uh, the word wilderness, and I'm not going to go rehash all that, but God's still given me the word wilderness. Um, it's been over eight months, and I'm still finding the word wilderness in my Bible reading. And so God's been giving me messages, and so what I have done is with the Lord's help, obviously, I prepared this. And uh, the title of the message tonight is The Day of Testing in the Wilderness. The Day of Testing in the Wilderness. And as I've said before, I'll just reiterate it, since some of you weren't here, but the Lord does not tempt us. 
He does not entice us to do evil, to do wrong. The Lord can't do that. If He did, that would make Him a sinner because He's enticing us to sin, and God doesn't do that. We get that. But God does. Uh, this word temptation also has the meaning of to test. God does test us. You say, why does God test us? God tests us so that he knows and can see what's in our heart. Now, I'm, I'm just going to confess my sin. I'm just going to be point blank honest with you. The Lord tested me this morning, Mrs. Rose. And you know what? I failed. I failed. And uh, we, uh, at our house, if anybody has a remedy for this, I would love to talk to you or get your recommendations. But uh, we have these little ants. They call them, I guess I've heard different terminology, sugar ants, ghost ants. Well, those things are boogers. Um, they're everywhere. And so my wife this morning, she was going to bake out some cakes, and those things were in the sugar. And uh, anyway, so you say, what was the test, Brother Steve? Well, my wife never did ask me, Steve, would you go to the store and get some more sugar. Now, I had like 115 other different things to do. Now, she didn't ask me that, but I assumed that she was going to ask me. You with me? I put that pressure on myself, and I reacted wrong. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I was tested. You know what it did? It, it showed, and I don't like this, but it showed what was in my heart. And that's what God does. God, God reveals, and he'll bring out what's in your heart. Um, your heart's very important. We know that. Um, Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And by the way, every one of us in this room has issues. All right? We have issues. We have different issues, but we have issues. And so what I'm going to do here tonight is this, this message of Hebrews chapter number 3. And uh, one of the things I learned, and probably many of you all in this room know as well, um, that in the Scripture, when you find a passage of Scripture or a verse, many times you can find another passage very similar or the same uh, terminology that I what was taught was sister verses. There's verses that are very similar in God's Word. Well, I'm going to give you Hebrews. I'm going to read you Hebrews 3. Uh, verses 7 through 11, and then I'm Psalm 95. If I didn't tell you Psalm 95, I'm telling you Psalm 95. If you would like to turn there, you're more than welcome. If you don't, that's okay. I apologize. I have no, no uh, keynote for you, so uh, I'll just try to keep you entertained with my movement. All right, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 3, in verse number 7, Wherefore... As the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear my voice. And here it is in verse number 8. Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, they do always err in their heart, and have not known my ways." Psalms 95, verse, we'll start in verse, what's so amazing, verse number 7. 
It's the same numbers of verses. Um, and I'm going to read you. It's a little bit different, but it gets into the same portion. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work, forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. There's two times right there, the sister verses, I put them together to show you that, when God says something one time in his word, in his word, it's beep, 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 beep. It's important. But when God says it two times and says it word for word, I think he's wanting us to get something. He's wanting us to learn something. And uh, um, as I'm looking at this verse, and in verse number, um, verse number 7 of Hebrews 3, where it says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear my voice. Now, it's amazing to me how God works in our lives. And here's, let me explain what I'm talking about. I got a request from a man in the jail, and he asked me some questions on, they have a kiosk where they can get on a tablet and they can ask us things. And here's what he asked me. Can you hear God's voice? And do you know that it's God's voice. Well, that question, those questions was for me personally was not one for me to reply on a kiosk. <laughs> it was go personally, face to face, and and to communicate with this guy. And I want him to understand. By the way, I know people hear voices, okay, but not all voices is God's voice. And we need to know. The Bible tells us in First John that we need to try the spirits because not all, all the spirits is God's. And, uh, and so as I went to go talk to him, I said, first of all, God does not talk to us audibly. <laughs> he doesn't say, hey, Zook, go to church tonight. Sometimes it'd be nice, amen? But you say, why? Why does God not speak to us audibly like that? Because Jesus Christ... When Jesus died for us and when he ascended, we now have the Holy Spirit of God in us. And he communicates. He talks with us. And so as I was talking to this guy and, and I was sharing with him about, yes, you can hear God, but it's not, a, it's not an audible, but it's, it's in your heart. So here's what I did. I asked him this question. And I said this. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. Now get this. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit if there's anything in your heart that shouldn't be there. I didn't tell him anything. I just, I was quiet. I, you know what? Within a few moments, he spouted off <laughs> something that was in his heart that he knew wasn't right. I'll just tell you what it was because, I mean, it's sin, it's sin, and that's it. Fornication. I did not tell that man this is his sin. The Holy Spirit of God spoke to him and showed him his sin. Now, it's up to him what he does with it, right? It's up to him what he does with it, but now he, he's beginning. Who spoke to him? It wasn't Steve. It was the Holy Spirit of God. So why, do we, why can't we hear God's 
sometimes. Why don't we not see God answer our prayers? It's our heart. Our hearts. Our hearts is so easy to get hard. Our hearts, well, like I said, it's, it's really easy. Let me continue on in our scripture. I'm going to go, go down through these verses, try to be a help to you, and uh, we'll mosey on here. All right. It says in verse number 8, harden not your hearts. I think we understand that. I don't have to communicate to that, that to you. I believe the Holy Spirit's already been done that. And it says, in the provocation. Now, provocation is not a word that we use in our society a whole lot. We don't really use it. But what is provocation? Well, here it is. I'm going to give you several definitions. But provocation is the circumstances that happen in your life. Okay? The ants for me. All right? <laughs> is a prov- that's a provocation. You say, what is it? it here it is. Anything that in, excites to anger. Anything that excites to anger. You ready? Let me give you one that I can probably stir many of you up just saying this. Well, I, I have a hard time even saying this. <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> you can come to the altar and repent. Well, hard hearts, right? But don't that excite you? Anger? Don't, I mean, wouldn't you? Anyway. You get the picture. I'll mosey on with that. But is anything that excites to anger? I'm trying to move on with that. You pray for me here. <laughs> yeah, pray for Joe. He needs it if he knows where he's at. But anyway, incitement. Incitement. It's what incites the mind and moves it to action. I get that. It's what incites the mind, and it moves it to action, where you respond. That's, that's a part of our emotions. Provocation is also this, resentment. Anything that causes resentment. Whew. You know how many people are resentful, have resent from maybe parents, job, whatever? There's a lot of resentment. What is resentment? It's the feeling of displeasure or indignation at some act, remark, person, but it's it's some injury that was caused by insult. You say, why are you saying this, Steve? I'm saying all this because of this. The hardness of our heart, when I talk about our hearts being hard, this is what many of us in this room think. We think about big sins. We think about Uh, pornography, uh, drugs, we think about it. But you know what? We forget that it's the little sins, it's the little things that continue to go on. And here it is. I'm going to take pastor's thought with this. We start down spiraling, and we start going down because sin always takes you down. It never takes you up. Sin always. And the down spiraling, look at this, provocation. You see the incitement. Then you see the resentment. It keeps going down. Then you see indignation. It's anger or extreme anger. Then it's mingled with contempt. You say, what is contempt? Glad you asked. Here it is. It's the act of despising, are you ready, or to treat as mean. Have you ever seen any mean-spirited people? If you live in this world, you have seen them and probably talked to some. But I want you to see the down spiral. Boy, 
You know what? Their heart's not getting better. Their heart's getting harder. It's getting farther and farther away from the things of God. And so that is that word provocation. And here it is. When you go through those difficult, those tough times, those challenging times, when you go through all those, what is that? There's the provocation. Because you know what? You're going to be, your mind's going to be excited. It's going to be, and there's going to be a lot of things. Now, how are you going to deal with it? How are you going to respond to it? Let me move on. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. And so we begin to see what God is doing here. So here's where I want to take you and take your thoughts. This is the children of Israel that we're reading about. Okay, the children of Israel. Um, in the book of Exodus, uh, verse number 7, or excuse me, Exodus 17, verse number 7. Let me just turn there right real quick, and I'll read that to you. Exodus 17, verse number 7. It says this. Now, this, this is about the water, uh, water from the rock. By the way, one of the things that as the children of Israel were traveling from Egypt and as they're going through the wilderness, one of their big needs was water. That was something that consistently they had need of. And through this passage of Scripture, uh, this is where God had told Moses to talk to the rock and remember what he did. He struck it, okay? But in verse number 7, and he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah, because of the chiding of the children of Israel. You ready? You know what chiding is? Complaining, murmuring. Whoa. Don't raise your hand, but how many of us complained about anything lately? Someone said this to me, and boy, it, it, it struck me, and I've said this before to you. When we complain about what God has done for us and what God's given us, what we're saying is, God, what you gave me wasn't good enough. Have you ever given somebody something that cost you dearly and they didn't say, thank you, go fly a kite? And you know what? You, you know what you felt like? I don't want to do that anymore because they didn't even appreciate it. You with me? And it's, it's easy. We... God wants us to be appreciative of the circumstances. And this here is the children of Israel, and uh, they're complaining the whole time. The word massa means temptation or testing. That was their test. Their test was, hey, water. Can you imagine traveling and not having any water? See, that's mind-boggling to us. But that's what God had given them. It was a test to see what... By the way, there's different things that you need, and that's your test that God's putting you through as you're going through this wilderness of life. And so we, we, we see that, that Massa means that testing, but the word Meribah, you ready? Here's what it means, strife. What is strife? It's contention. It's opposition. Wow. These are things that, that we do. When we have strife, when we have contention, when we have opposition, and by the way, who's that toward? It's normally towards God. We don't even realize it. We think it's toward a person. We think really it's really towards God. Do you see how your heart can get hard and you not even know it? Boy, I would say that the average Christian 
Now, I don't have stats for this, but I would say the average Christian in churches, good preaching churches, many people in those churches do not even know they have a hard heart. They're clueless. They don't even recognize. You say, why? Because you know what? We look at, we, you know who classifies sin? You're looking at us, people. People classify. But where do you see God saying, oh, this, oh that's a huge sin. Oh, that's a little sin. I think he died for all of them, didn't he? Amen? I think he died for all of them. We're the one classified sin. You know why? To make us feel better about ourselves. I'm not as bad as, notice I didn't point to you all. I'm not as bad as him. I'm not as bad as her. And what is that? That's self-righteousness. God says, that makes me sick. All right. Moving on. When our hearts are hard, we don't hear the Spirit. We cannot soften our hearts, but we can harden them. And the consequences will be fatal. Today is a good day to be profound by the hardening of the hearts against our own mercies. And be careful, do not let, do not let your heart, be careful of your heart getting hard. I'm going to keep moving. As we look at this, I'm going to give you an illustration of this about the hardness of the heart. How does the heart get hard? Well, here's some things. Hebrews, the same chapter 3, verse number 13, our hearts can be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin will harden your heart. And by the way, the longer, just to give this to you, and many of you might not know this, but this Sunday there's going to be the Lord's table here. Why in the world does Gospel Baptist Church and other churches have communion? You know why? It's so we can examine ourselves, so we can look at ourselves, we can ask God, is there any sin in me that needs to be out? And if we do not do that for long periods of times, your heart can get so hard you don't even know it. The Bible says the heart's deceitful, desperately. You know what deceitful means? Deceitful means you, you don't even recognize and you don't even know what's in your own heart. Not just you, me too. Me too. This here, this is an illustration, and this is in, uh, in uh, let me find it here. So let me, Mark 3, 5. This is what Jesus said. This, this is about the man who had leprosy in his hands. And it's the Sabbath day. And let me say this. Those people, there was a bunch of religious people. Did you hear what I said? Religious people that wanted to test God, test Jesus, and see what he's going to do on the Sabbath day. They wanted to see what he... Because they, you know what they do? They wanted to ridicule. They wanted to talk bad about him. They wanted to see if he was going to heal this man. This is what it says in, in Mark. It says, when he looked around, talking about Jesus, about them with anger, being grieved, he was grieved for the, from the hardness of their hearts. And he saith unto the man, stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. You say, what are you talking about? He was talking about the hardness of their heart. What else causes this hardness of the heart? Here's another one, Mark 4.19. Am I going too fast? You say, nay, hey, you all awake? Are you all tarred? You dead tarred? Uh, all right. Got to keep you awake here. 
Mark 4.19, deceitfulness of riches. Wow. That's our nation. You know what the people say? The American dream. Right? What are they? You know who? They're not following God. They're following their little G-O-D, God. And this is what I just, I, I, I said this to the men. By the way, this applies not only to the men that are incarcerated that I deal with, but it, this applies to us. Be careful we don't follow the dollar. It doesn't become our God. God gives us dollars to live, <laughs> but not for us to live for dollars. But I told the men, here's what I see, and I see this countless times. Boy, they're in prison, they're in jail, they're growing in Christ, they're in God's Word, there's time there. They get out, and praise God, they get a job. They get a job, but you know what? Next thing you know, they're working seven days a week, there's no church, there's no God, and before long, the hearts got so hard, they went right back to their sin, and they're right back where they began. By the way, don't look at them like that, but what about us? How many times have we done the cycle? We love God, we get away from Him. We love God, we get away from Him. We love God, we get away from Him. We do the same thing. Now listen, I'm not fussing at you, all right? I'm trying to help you, so don't take this as a fussing, all right? But I, God's showing me this, my own personal life, that, hey, this is what I need. So what else hardens the heart? I did front and back. I will never do that again. <laughs> what else hardens the heart? And I, I touched this, and I won't say a whole lot. I'll keep moving with this. Uh, murmurings and complaining hardens, hardens the heart. Murmurings and complaining. Lord, why is this? Why is this? Complaining. Um, I, was, I was thinking about... I was thinking about many times, and I... I shared some of these stories, but when Misty and I and Branson and Bryson, when we were on the road traveling as far as deputation, we stayed in a lot of different homes um, for the sake of trying to reduce cost in hotels, and so you would stay in homes. And I'm telling you, some homes it was a blessing, and other homes it was a blessing to leave. I mean, really, I'm just being honest. But one of the things that, that we learned from all that was this. God says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. You know, that's hard to do when you're in a place that you really don't want to be. <laughs> it's really hard to do. But this is what we said, and Branson, you probably remember this, it's better than what Jesus had, because he had no place to lay his head. And so it was better what Jesus had. Be careful. Be careful with that. Let me move on. What else hardens our heart? Unbelief faithlessness causes our heart to get hard. And if I can just simply boil it down, you ready? Doubt. Doubt God. Why do we doubt God? We do. Every one of us in this room, if you were, we're really honest with ourselves, there's been times, and there's maybe a time right now, we doubt God. What's he? Let me tell you something. You know who wants us to doubt God? The devil. And you know when we start doubting God, what does that do? It starts hardening our heart. Look at Eve. When she started doubting what God said, remember? It led, there was disobedience and then devastation. 
And that takes me right to the next thing. Disobedience causes our heart to be hard. Uh, let me give you a scripture, 2 Corinthians. I think I got it written down here. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 6. Listen to this. Well, let me read the preceding verses because I want you to get the whole thing. 2 Corinthians 10, and I'm going to go verse. These are familiar verses to you. Listen, listen to verse 4 and 5. You all know this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And most people stop right there. Those are the verses that they focus on, four and five. But listen to six. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. And then it says, when your obedience is fulfilled. So here's the question and here's the thought for you. And everyone, let's just be real. We've all disobeyed in this room. We've all disobeyed. So the question is, are you ready and you, are you willing to make it right and obey? Are you, are you willing and you're ready? Because let me tell you something, if you're not, then you're gonna, there's the hardening of the heart. You know what, you know what we want to do? I'll just use me. You know what I want to do? I want to blame Mrs. Rose for it. I want to blame somebody else for it. Why? Because I don't want to have to deal with whatever it is. But you know what God says? If you take the blame and you confess your sin, he'll take the guilt. I like that. But you know what he's saying? I'm, I'm giving you some prison lingo. Forgive me because I'm a prison man, preacher, so... He's saying this, man up and woman up. That's what he's saying, man up and woman up. Admit, hey, here it is. Because if you can't admit, you think about this, if you can't admit that you have a problem, how can you get saved? <laughs> by the way, we do have problems. Every one of us. And by the way, I don't know your hearts, but I can tell you in my own life, boy, I have issues. Don't say amen there, okay? But you know what? I, don't, I want you to know that I do have things that I struggle with. But God is able to give me victory. And I can be more than a conqueror. You know what? People say, oh, I'm good. I'm okay. They scare me. I mean, I'm just being real to you. All right. We've looked at some causes of hardness of heart. And now, in the downward stretch here, I'm going to go back to the Hebrews and finish up these verses. Hebrews chapter number 3. We've already looked at verses 7. We've looked at verse 8. So now we're going to get into verses 9 and 10, and we'll finish up here tonight. The Bible says this, when your fathers tempted me, when your fathers tempted me, as far as they could do, so they tempted God. Now listen, you say, how can we tempt God? How did the children of Israel tempt God? Here's how they did it. When they tried to change God, 
from his usual way, from his method, from his, his will, to do their sinful biting, to do it their way. How dare us, how dare me to say, God, that's not what I wanted, this is what I want. God is a God who knows everything, he, he's all wise, he knows it all. How dare me to say, God, this is what I needed during this time. But do we not, do we not, don't raise your hand because I'm not here. To, do we not do that? <laughs> when I read this, I thought, man, you know how many times I've tempted God? Because you know what? I wanted God to do it this way because I already had it all planned out for him. And God said, whoa, no way. That's not my will. That's yours, big boy. Won't you get on board with me? Won't you get on my yoke up with me? As far as they got, they were challenging him to tempt, they were tempting him to change his usual way to do their sinful bidding. Though he cannot be tempted of evil, he will never yield to wicked request. Yet their intent was the same and their guilt was nonetheless. Not to agree in the will of God is virtually to attempt him to alter his plans to suit our imperfect views, you ready, of how the universe should be governed. <laughs> What do you, you say, what are you saying in plain English? It means, God, here's the way I got the world, and this is the way I want it to change, how I want it to be. You do it my way. Isn't that what Frank Sinatra said? I want it my way? Or something like that. I don't, I don't know it well, so that's a good thing, right? Wherefore, the people did chide with Moses and said, give us water that we may drink. And Moses, whoops, that's the wrong one, sorry. That did front and back. All right, here we go. Said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted here for water. The people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us out? Look at this. Brought us out of the land of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle of thirst. You know what they're doing? God, what are you doing? You took us from Egypt. And now you brought us here. Now we're thirsty. Now we're going to die of thirst. Now our kids are going to die. Boy, it, aren't they optimistic? And he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the chiding of the children of Israel. Now listen to the rest of this. Because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Is the Lord here or not? Is the Lord going to do this or not? You know what? They, they were demanding God do this at this time frame. Have you ever noticed God doesn't do things on your time frame? And by the way, have you noticed that God's thoughts are not your thoughts? I, I, wow. It's coming down. All right, I got to move on to finish up. Let me give you a scripture. Matthew 16, 23 says this, But he turned and said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Here's what Jesus said to Peter. Get thou behind me, Satan. Why? Because Peter wasn't seeing the whole picture. All Peter did is he saw Jesus. He saw the earthly kingdom. He just saw him as a man. He said, I'm going to defend him. I'm going to be there. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. He's saying, hey, God's will is going to be done not yours. And how many times have we put the things of God 
second and thing where in our will, number one. Multiple. And that's how we tempt him. We need to be careful. Let me move on. When your fathers tempted me, prove me. Prove me. That word, those two words, prove me, they put the Lord to needless tests, demanding new miracles, fresh interpositions, and renew, renewed tokens of his presence. That's saying this constantly. Hey, Lord, if you love me, do this. Well, let me ask you this question and let me share this with you. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, let me, here's my question. Does God love you? Now, do you need a sign from God? I think we got it right here. I think we got God's word, and he tells us everything we need to know. By the way, he'll tell us that he, he'll supply our, all, every, all our needs. But we got to trust him. We Many times, we, hey, do this, do that. We're tr constantly doing that. We do not, uh, we do, uh, peevishly requiring frequent signs of the Lord's love other than those which he provides every hour for us. Are we not prone to demand specialties and alternatives secret, uh, secretly and offered in our hearts? God shows, you ready, his faithfulness and love daily. The question is, can you see it? First of all, I said, can you hear his voice, but can you see it? Because you might not be able to see it if your heart's hard. God wants you to see it because he's going to show you his love. Um, I went and visited a man, and i got to finish here. I went and visited one of the men in the jail, and I said, hey, man, I'm, I'm praying for you. And, uh, and I said, hey, I, I was walking my dog. It was late at night, and I was walking my dog, and I said, hey, I was praying for you. He said, what time was it? I said, between 9.30 and 10. He said, you won't believe this. He said, that's the exact time I was struggling. You know what God was showing him? What God, as I'm communicating, God was showing him, I love you, son. And I got people in your life that loves you too, and we're praying for you. God was showing him that. God was giving something there to him, and he, he's, he does that through people. But let me tell you something, it's very important. God help us to see his love for us. How did he do this for the children of Israel? He, boy, didn't he provide for them? Shoes never wore out. I got a pair of shoes that were not even a year old, and they're ready for the trash. But theirs was 40 years. But they didn't, you know what? They weren't seeing God there. I got to finish. I got to finish. Verse 10. 40 years long was I grieved with this generation. Wow. Do you know why God allowed them to be 40 years in there? So they would die off. And there would be another generation. The word grieve simply means to inflict pain, to offend, to displease cause pain of mind or heart. The expression upon the divine mind is most vivid. He sees them before him now and calls them this generation. Wow. This, he does not leave his prophets to obey the sin, but himself utters the complaint and declares that he was grieved. You ready? I'm going to give you, and I'm finishing up. He was grieved, nauseated, disgusted with this generation. Why? started with the hardness of their heart. How does God, when God looks at you and God speaks to you, how's your heart? Is it hard? Does it grieve him? Does it disgust him because we're still living in sin when he has saved us out of sin? 
not only out of sin, but he's given us victory over sin. There's no reason for us to be in sin. You know what it is? It's because we like our sin. God help us. God help us to not grieve him. And we grieve him because of the hardness of our heart. You know how God can break it? His word, right? His word's a hammer. He can put us through circumstances to humble us, but he also gives us the Holy Spirit to communicate to us and help us in obedience, helps that hard heart to dissolve, to break that. Let me say this, and I'm done. I don't know if you've ever had your heart breaking, broke, but it's, I know that's not good grammar. It ain't much fun. Because God knows how, if you, God knows how to break us down. Man, may we be broken before he breaks us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this night. Pray that you would bless the simple thoughts tonight. Would you help us, Lord? May our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Help us to love you with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all of our might. Bless this time. Be with our pastor, Lord. Just bring healing to his body, and we'll give you the thanks for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.